Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. Well, howdy, everybody. This is John Michael. Do you ever feel like your life is coming apart, that you're kind of fractured and broken? Guess what? All things can be integrated in Jesus. We're going to be looking at Celtic monasticism, one of the greatest monastic integrations. All things are possible with God. Howdy, everybody. This is John Michael Talbot. We're looking at Celtic monasticism in this program on the Monk Dynasty segment of All Things Are Possible with God. So, Celtic monasticism is basically Ireland, Scotland. The Celts was Ireland, Scotland, all around the north part of France and even down into Spain. So it was a widespread cultural reality, but we're mainly talking about Ireland. Now, I got news for you. We're not talking about the Boston Celtics. (laughs) Sorry. No, we're talking about the Celts. The Celts. Now, the Celts were crazy. The Celts were wild. You know, when you look at, like, if you've seen the movies and whatnot, and you see Celts depicted as painted and naked, boy, they were wild soldiers. But, you know, they were also radical, but not fanatical when it came to Christianity and when it came to monasticism. They say, you know, they had a, they had a uh, tonsure that was from their ears forward, and they let their hair grow out real long in the back, and they wore multicolored habits. The guys down in the continent... You know, down in Italy and France and all. Oh, they were more sane. They they kind of wore the Roman tonsure and they trimmed their beards and they had gray and black and brown kind of habits, kind of more subdued. Now, the Celts were wild, but their effect was widespread. Basically, we're saying we have to be enthusiastic in theos. The Celts were in theos. Man, when they got into monasticism, bang, it went all the way. They were radical, but not fanatical. They had fundamentals, but they weren't fundamentalists. But they also, in that zeal, became missionaries, and they came, some people think, all the way to North America. How about that? So, 
the Celts had a threefold pattern. We're going to talk about this in the second segment in greater detail. But they had an inner circle that was the monks. So, so they didn't have cities in Celtic culture. They basically had tribes, tribes. And the Celts would go in and they would create these Christian villages, or they would Christianize a whole village. And the inner circle would be for the monks. A second circle would be for the nuns or the sisters. And the third circle in the village would be for the lay people. The whole thing was a monastic establishment. So monks, nuns, and lay people people who were celibate, people who were in families, they were single, wanted to get married, or people who had already gotten married. It was all part of this great monastic integration. The other thing they did that I think is kind of cool is they brought, they had hermitages. And we're going to be looking at some of these. They had little, little beehive huts, hermit cells, but they were grouped together in community. They didn't have the big monasteries like you think of down in continental Europe, down in Italy, where they basically took, oh, the villas of wealthy people, they gave those over to monks, and they inhabited those villas, and they usually had that inner courtyard that later became called the cloister. They, well, they didn't have that in, in Celtic monasticism. Celtic monasticism is these little beehive huts in these little villages, and they got involved in education and book copying, the Book of Kells, and they did great agriculture, and they became missionaries. So they integrated all that. They also integrated the male and the female in their communities. Sometimes, you know, a monastery would be ruled by an abbess, and one of the monks in the monastery would be the bishop who would be over the clerics. See? So it was really, really, it was very conservative, but it was also progressive and adapted to Celtic culture. And it's such a cool example for us today. How do we bring Jesus? How do we bring ancient apostolic Christianity, Catholic Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, and and make it work in our day, in our time, in our culture? The Celts are filled with these kinds of of, of messages and 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 little lessons that I think that you and I can learn from this, from the ancient past. They also integrated clerics, monastics who were not priests and deacons, and lay people all together in one monastic uh, village. See, as I said, sometimes, for example, we're going to talk about St. Hilda of Whitby. She was the abbess, as was St. Bridget, of a monastery. And one of the monks of the monastery was the bishop. He was responsible for the clerics and the sacraments, but she was responsible for the running of the monastery and the spiritual life of the monastery. So isn't that cool? Wow, that has so many implications for us today. Well, who are some of the, some of the great figures? And there are many. We're going to go through them real quick here, if you don't mind. So the first thing we're going to talk about is St. Patrick. Now, Scholars think that there may be a confusion even between Palladius and Patrick. Palladius was first sent, he's the first bishop to the Christians of Ireland. And he was ordained by Pope Celestine and is sent as the first bishop of Irish believers in Christ. And uh, the town of 
Wicklow now stands as an example of where he went. They speak of the repose of the elder Patrick as early as 457 or as late as 493, so that's the 5th century, which indicates they may have actually some confusion about were they talking about Palladius or were they talking about Patrick. Either way, the story of Patrick is, is, is pretty cool. He's British, and he gets taken into slavery uh, by pagan Celts. He's taken over to Ireland, taken, put into slavery. He escapes, goes back to Britain, and he, gets ordained. he come, you know, takes his Christianity. He says, I want to go back to the very people who enslaved me and bring the gospel. So Patrick went back to Ireland. Wow. So instead of running away from his captors, he runs back to his captors after he'd gotten away from them to bring the gospel. Isn't that cool? He had this missionary zeal. And boy, I just think that's a a wonderful, wonderful example. Of course, St. Bridget, we often hear about Patrick and Bridget. Bridget, uh, she's known as Bridget of Ireland. Is She's one of the patron saints of Ireland, along with Patrick and St. Columba. And she was a nun. Uh, she was an abbess and founder of several monasteries of nuns, including Kildare in Ireland. Well, then we go to a... And, and now, follow me on this. There's some confusion. Who is... Columban, Columbanus, Columba, Columkill. Well, I'm going to use some of the traditional names here. The two big ones are Columkill. Columkill. So uh, he was, again, an Irish saint. He was born in 521 A.D., died in 597. He was an abbot and a missionary credited with spreading Christianity to modern-day Scotland. And he founded... A foundation that's still there called Iona. Many people go to Iona from all over the place. So he, again, bringing this fiery monasticism, this integrated monasticism, bringing all states of life together, and he took it to Scotland, to Iona. And then Columbanus, sometimes called Columban, he lived from 543 to 615. And he was an Irish missionary. It's a long story. Read my book, Hermitage, if you want to hear all the details. But basically, he gets banished, and he goes to Europe. So he goes from Ireland, and he goes to continental Europe, and he begins to work his way south. And he's so on fire that he ends up in Italy. He dies in Bobbio, which is northern Italy. Whoa! You ought to see the map of where he went. He spread monasteries all across Europe. And in fact, some people say that the Irish monks are the ones who brought the Benedictine rule to most of Europe. St. Aidan started a place called Lindisfarne, which is out on the eastern coast of Britain. You can still see it today. And of course, we don't want to overlook Hilda of Whitby. Whitby is down on that southeastern part of Britain, of England, and they had the Council of Whitby in her monastery where they opted to go for the Roman rite rather than the Celtic rite. And then last but not least, St. Brendan. We hear about St. Brendan's voyage. Brendan, who lived in 484 to 577, he brought the gospel, according to legend, 
all the way to the shores of North America. Wow. Are we that on fire to bring the gospel, to live it radically, and to bring it, spread it through Europe, even bring it to the new world? Do we have that fire? All things are possible with God. We're going to look at some of the lessons here when we come back. See you there. Jesus Christ Son of God Have mercy on me A sinful one everybody. Welcome back. All things are possible with God. We're looking at the Celtic monasticism of ancient Ireland and Scotland and what that has to say to us today. I got to tell you, I'm excited about this topic because the Celtic monks are often overlooked in the West as examples and they have so much 
to teach us, so much to show us, so much to be examples of, of how we can get excited and how we can integrate seeming opposites into the wholeness of Christ and the wholeness of the Catholic Church. The word Catholic means, comes from the Greek Catholicos, say that with me, Catholicos, and it means to be universal and full, and the word Christian is Christianus, like Christ, the word Christ, Christos, means anointed, anointed by the Spirit. And these monks, were they had the abundant life of Jesus. They were fully anointed by the Spirit. And baby, I got news for you. They set the world on fire. And they brought monasticism all through Europe in a way that St. Benedict actually couldn't. St. Benedict had so much, so much of an impact on Western culture eventually. But a little-known fact is that it was the Celtic monks who brought the rule of St. Benedict as one of the many rules that they embraced down through Europe. And Benedictinism spread through Europe largely because the Celts began to spread it. People don't realize that. So these folks had a huge effect on Western culture and on the world in which we live today. So, and if you don't believe that, read the book, How the Irish Saved America. (laughs) there's another book called Why Catholics Can't Sing they blame it on the Irish (laughs) because the Irish they had to celebrate mass in secret for so long when Catholicism was illegal in Britain so we got it through our thick skulls somehow that you have to be quiet to be holy which is wrong well let's look at some of the Celtic patterns you know we talked about uh, how the Celtic place was laid out and it was laid out like a, like a Celtic village. A Celtic monastery was a Celtic village that had been Christianized. There were a few things. Why did this take hold? Why did Celtic monasticism work in what today we would call Ireland and Scotland? One is they really loved a group of folks called bards. Bards were basically wandering poets and singers. And the monks, the Celtic monks, they, they basically were a Christianized version of the romantic, of the guy that was ecstatic, excited. <laughs> and they wrote songs and poetry, and they wandered through Ireland as missionaries, and they took the place of the bards. They also took the place of another group called the Druids. The Druids were, were the mystics of Irish culture, and the early Christian monks, they were every bit as mystical as the pagan mystics, and even more. See, Jesus doesn't just point to the way, the truth, the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So they out-mysticed the mystics <laughs> through Jesus without falling into the errors of the earlier pagan expressions like the Druids. So they fulfilled that. And it worked with the Irish people. They said, we relate to that. Wow, how cool is that? And the other is they, they didn't have cities. They had tribes. And imp- the kingdoms, as they were called, or as we call them, were basically tribal. So the monks became the new tribe, the new culture, the new village. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so, that's one of the reasons it worked. And that leads us, what, what does that say to us? Are our monastics 
the great singers, the great poets, are our monastics in Christianity today. The great mystics. We hear of the rise of Buddhism and Hinduism and Taoism and Sufi mystics and Kabbalists from, from Judaism. Well, we Christians, we have this, we got to be the mystics. Our modern monks ought to be the mystics of our culture. How cool is that? Well, they also had a pattern as this tribe. We talked about it in the first segment. There were basically three concentric circles. Three concentric circles. The inner circle was for monks, for men. The second, and the word monk, if you study the Greek, monos or monachos, means one and alone. The second circle was for the nuns. Nuns goes back to a Latin, nunus, which means basically mother or grandmother. <laughs> How cool is that? Your nun is your grandma. <laughs> so you had the monks, then you had the nuns, and then you had the lay people. And this is important. Our community, called the Brothers and Sisters of Charity, we've been very clear. We integrate monks, traditional celibate sisters, singles who can marry, and families into a big monastic compound that uses not only Celtic monasticism, but all the great examples of Western monasticism. We try to integrate them together. And when we go over to Ireland and we meet with the scholars of Celtic monasticism, you know, and they show us maps and pictures of what the monasteries look like, they say, well, uh, you know, this is our ancient history, but you guys are doing this today. Where are our monasteries, our religious orders, bringing this kind of integration into our world today? To bring the holiness of Christ for every state of life. To bring a radical, but not fanatical, intentional Christian community today. See, Today is in the midst, in case you haven't noticed, we have shifted, haven't we? From a Judeo-Christian moral-based society to a secular humanist society. It is very difficult being a Christian in today's world. We are the minority. We are marginalized. Sometimes we're demonized. Hey, sometimes we're even criminalized. And we need to live together in community to give each other support. And the Celts really, really have this to teach us, how to live in community together. But it was simple. I love these pictures of these beehive huts, (laughs) little rock huts. So they teach us about simplicity. That if you want to be free, you don't indulge the flesh. That's the Western secular humanist message. Oh, you want to have what you need, but you don't need to have all your wants fulfilled. They say, guess what? You can live simply so others can simply live. That is such a cool message, isn't it? You can be celibate and you can be chaste, whether in conjugal chastity and marriage or celibate chastity and celibacy and you can still be free and happy the Celts were on fire they were free, they were happy how cool is that so another little message the Celts loved nature, we live in a world where climate change is real I got news for you I've been dealing, traveling I go to 150 parishes every year, and we go through some beautiful, wonderful weather and beautiful nature. We also go through some really, really funky climate changes here in the United States lately. So the Celtic monks are precursors of guys like St. Francis in their love for nature, their love for nature, and their mystical love for nature. They also were great educators. 
They taught Latin and Greek to, to average people. And monasteries became centers of education. And they illuminated manuscripts in beautiful ways. The Book of Kells, wow! If you ever get to go see that over in Ireland. So they were into nature, they were into simplicity, they were into kind of rustic Christianity, but it didn't mean they were uneducated. They were smart. They were smart. And then they were missionaries. It spread like a fire. They went all through Ireland. They spread to Scotland. They spread to parts down even into England. Columbanus, he spread and went all the way into Europe, bringing the gospel, firing people up. What about us? Let's have this integrated Christian life. Let's be on fire. Let's bring the holiness of Jesus to every state of life. And then let's build communities and go out from these communities into the whole world to bring the gospel and to change it for the better. That's my prayer for you guys. All things are possible with God. Let's pray for a minute. Jesus, I pray that you would truly inspire us by these ancient examples, the Celts of so long ago. Teach us how to be this integrated in our life, to be this rooted in the past and this forward-looking. Help us to bring together all of the fractures and the brokenness of our culture. Bring us together, Jesus. Heal us. Mend us. Make us whole. Bring us into communities where we strengthen each other every state of life, men and women, children, all of us, and then fire us up to go spread your good news throughout this world. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. I love you guys. Let's do it. All things are possible with God. Only in God is my soul at rest. In Him comes my salvation He only is my rock my strength and my salvation my stronghold my Savior afraid at all my stronghold my Savior I shall not be moved safety when the enemy pursues me only in God is found glory when I am found meek 
found lowly. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.